Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of the Fantasy Dimes podcast. You're joined here by your co-host, Sal Karmali, along with Husni Vargas for week seven that we just finished up halfway through the football season. Um, we are presented by SportsMe. Download the app on Apple, Android, and please make sure to battle us. You can follow us on fan- at Fantasy Dimes on Twitter, at Fantasy Dimes on Instagram, and then battle us on the SportsMe app at Fantasy Dimes Husney, at Fantasy Dimes Sal. A lot of Fantasy Dimes this weekend. We had a lot of good matchups, a lot of good games, a crazy game last night on Monday Night Football. What's your takeaway from Week 7, Husney? Your biggest takeaway going forward, and now pretty much trade deadline comes up, and then it's the playoff run for most teams in fantasy. Um, yeah, there was a bunch of good games. Uh, my biggest takeaway is that the Bucks and the Chiefs are going to be in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Aside from that, it, it looks pretty clear at this point. Um, and really the only other teams that can challenge them would probably be the Steelers on, on the AFC side. Yeah. And the NFC side, I, I can't even see anyone challenging the Bucs at this point. Yeah, me too. Look, uh, maybe if the Saints get fully healthy, then again, they don't really have a good defense. They are the only team to beat the Bucs. That was week one. Um, and, yeah, I mean, maybe if the 49ers also get healthy, but their defense is just so shot. Uh, once Bosa went down, I just didn't think they could recover from that. I don't know. I, you're right. I think a lot of teams still need to get healthy, but at the same time, I don't foresee anybody beating Tom Brady for this one, especially with now Antonio Brown on, on the team. Oh, yeah. Another takeaway is we still need preseason because there's too many injuries. Yeah, a lot of injuries, and, and we're going to get into that. This week, we're going to do something different. We're going to go, instead of underperformers, overperformers in the waiver wire, we're going to go through every game and give you the biggest, uh, the biggest fantasy uh, boast, both busts and, um, and people, studs, really, who, who went off. And we had a lot of guys who went off this week, a lot of crazy performances. We'll start off with probably, I mean, well, if you asked me this before Monday Night Football yesterday, I would have told you the craziest game of the day. Still think it's the craziest game of the day, even though last night was pretty crazy. The Lions coming back and being the Falcons in what seemed like a game that was almost over if Todd Gurley didn't run into the end zone. Uh, you want to take over the Lions here and talk about who really went off yesterday? Yeah, I mean, if you look at it for the Falcons, the game is never over until there's three zeros on the clock. And even then, sometimes it's kind of, kind of fishy. Um, because yeah, yeah. the Falcons, it seems like every week they just lose in a heartbreak and, and a last-second shot. And this week, it was on a crazy 30-second drive where Galladay caught a crazy long pass and then Hawkinson caught the game-winning touchdown at the end. Um, But for the Lions, I mean, for most of that game, they didn't look like the Lions. I mean, everyone thought it was going to be a shootout and it was going to be a high-scoring game and whatever. And they only had – I mean, what was the end of the score? The ending score of that game? Uh, It was 23-22, 22-21. 22-21, which means that they only had, like, two touchdowns the whole game. Yeah. And one was in the, in the last second. And that's not typical Lions fashion. Usually they're, they're out there, they're scoring a bunch of points because they have the offense to support that with Matt Stafford and Galladay and Hawkinson. Um, but, I mean, they look, they look somewhat okay. I thought they would definitely have a better game against the Falcons defense, which hasn't been that great. Um, but, I mean, it's what we expect from the Lions. They're a middle-of-the-pack team, not going to do too great, not going to be in the bottom of the draft. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Lions yesterday pulled off a victory they probably needed. 
But to be honest with you, if I look at it, you got good games from Galladay, right? Didn't get the touchdown, but he had some awesome catches. You got a pretty good day from Hawkinson with the last touchdown grab. Marvin Jones came through. And you had a pretty good day from Swift. If you've been kind of having Swift on your bench, he could potentially now be a weekly flex play. Let's start with the wide receivers. You think that you're going to be playing those guys week in, week out? And I'm not talking about Galladay because he's, he's yeah, a he's better forget it. But uh, Hawkinson and Marvin Jones, do you, play, do you keep playing them? Hawkinson, I'm definitely keep playing because he seems to be Matthew Stafford's safety net. Yeah. And he needs to just make a pass, get a first down, whatever, get an easy touchdown at the goal line. He's always looking for Hawkinson first. And yeah. Hawkinson's usually open for some reason. So he's definitely going to be a starting tight end. He's, he's on my starting tight ends. I have Galladay and Hawkinson. I'm playing both of them. As long as there's no buys, no injuries, they're playing every single week, no matter what. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I agree. I, I keep playing, especially Swift. I, I mean, I know that Marvin Jones and ha- Hawkinson, I guess, yeah, you know what? If you're a 12-team league, you've got to play Hawkinson. Tight ends are very thin right now. Marvin Jones, I'm, I'm playing him based on matchups, really. But going to Swift, um, I think I'm playing Swift now every week. I think oh, they're giving him the bulk of the, of the work. And I think that moving forward, you can see a lot from Swift. Um, I think that, you know, he should be getting more touches as the season progresses. Um, speaking of running backs going to the Atlanta side, the guy who made the biggest blunder, but hey, guess what? If you're a fantasy owner, you love the fact that he walked into the end zone. Todd Gurley, right? 63 yards, two touchdowns. Gurley's been coming around late. Do you think that Gurley was actually worth the draft pick that you, most people probably paid for him? Yeah, I mean, I remember a couple of years ago when Todd Gurley did the exact same thing, but he stopped and kneeled at the one-yard line, and everyone was just got pissed off and like, yeah. well, what, why would he do that? Whatever, and obviously they don't care about our fantasy game. They're going to just do whatever it takes for them to win. And, yeah. and now you know why they stop at the one-yard line and just don't go anywhere um, because things like that happen. Yeah. And for Todd Gurley, I mean, you probably drafted him, if you're lucky, in the fourth round. I, I would say around the fourth round in most leagues um, because a lot of people – just gave up on running backs at that point. They were like, you know what? Someone like Todd Gurley, who has arthritis in his knees, who's medically diagnosed, has an issue, like it's known. He just got cut from, from the Rams. I mean, there has to be something wrong with him. And it looks like he's fine. I mean, he's playing most of the snaps. It looked like he's okay. So, I mean, it, it was worth it. No matter what, what kind of pick you got, unless you draft him in the first two rounds, definitely worth it for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Todd Gurley seems like a good catch at this point. And with most running backs going down, you got a guy here who's giving you touchdowns every pretty much every week now. Um, on a high-octane offense that has amazing pass catchers like yesterday when we saw Julio Jones, we saw Ridley, and we pretty much saw Russell Gage kind of go off. They all had similar numbers except for Ridley who had the touchdown. Um, I don't know what to take from Russell Gage. He's hurt. He keeps coming in and out of the lineup. He's good. He's not. In my opinion, I don't know, I don't know if I trust Russell Gage every week. But going forward, Ridley and Julio. Julio looks like he's back. Yeah, he was getting tended to on, on the side with his hamstring. But I think Julio, moving forward, could be a good catch for a lot of people. But is it, is it that Julio's back? Or is it that the defenses he played the last few games were not great defenses? He That's played Detroit this week. And last week, he played Minnesota, right? Yeah. So those are two defenses that aren't great at defense. And now he's going to go up. If you look at the rest of the schedule... He has New Orleans twice, and then he has a couple of harder teams um, that are actually defensive teams. I think he has Green Bay coming up, or they might have played Green Bay. I'm not sure. Yeah. But um, he definitely is going to be a challenge for him to stay on the field, to be healthy, 
to to still put up the same amount of production against these better defensive teams. I mean, these two teams, I, yeah, they're NFL teams, but they're towards the bottom when it comes to defense. Yeah, yeah. Take it with, you know what, it's Julio, but let's see if he can do it against the better defenses in the league. No, I agree. Uh, the, only, the only reason I see them as pass catchers as a whole doing well, and, and I, when, I, when I say this, I really mean Ridley and Julio, is that Atlanta's defense is so bad. That they have to throw the ball. They have to throw the ball. So somebody's got to catch it. Um, Hayden Hurst did go off, had a good day in terms of what he's been posting. What do you do with Hayden Hurst if you're a Hayden Hurst owner? Do you throw him out there just based on matchups, or are you playing him every week still? Because a lot of people thought that he was going to have an amazing year. Yeah, I mean, he was filling in for that Austin Hooper role who, who ended up being a top five tight end last year. Um, so for this kind of production, it's really disappointing, if you, especially if you have him and you drafted him a little bit high in the tight ends, thinking that he'll be this great. Um, but again, it's, it's all about matchups at this point, it looks like. Because for the Falcons, when they go up against great defenses, they score 10 points a game. When they go up against Minnesota and Detroit, they score 20-plus a game. So it's going to be all about matchups. And I think for Hayden Hurst especially, it's going, to be, it's going to be tough because they have all those options. You mentioned Gage. You mentioned Julio, uh, Ridley, Todd Gurley. And then they have that Zacchaeus. So they have a lot of mouths to feed. And can That's Matt Ryan at age 35 or whatever he is really pass yeah. all of them and keep the level of production that they need? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I thought that Hayden Hurst was going to be the biggest stud of the year in terms of tight ends. Didn't end up working out. Um, as well as I thought at the same time, hey, he could be coming around now. Then again, there's been rumors swirling that, you know, Matt Ryan or Julio might get traded. There's rumors that they've been shot down, that, you know, they're not going to trade him. So don't be surprised if this offense may, may go through a little different uh, look in the next few weeks. But for the most part, if, if you got some of the top guys on that team, you're good to go. Uh, going to from pass catchers in Atlanta – healthy pass catchers, finally getting Julio back to unhealthy pass catchers up down in uh, Cleveland. Cleveland had a great game. They came back, awesome comeback, right? Uh, Baker started off 0 for 5, threw a pick, and then ended off with one of the best games of the season for him um, without OBJ. So OBJ goes down, Higgins steps up, Donovan Peoples-Jones, right? Some of the best names of the game, steps up. What do you do now if you're an OBJ owner like myself? Are you going out there to put a bit on Higgins, on Peoples-Jones. Uh, what are you doing in terms of now pretty much and, – and for Jarvis Landry owners, is this like the biggest upside you can ask for? Because he wasn't having the greatest season, but now he's a wide receiver one. Yeah, but one thing I noticed when Landry, I think he went to throw a pass, yes. um, he was holding his ribs after that or like that area, the midsection. And it's like, you know what, now – is he hurt? He, I, he was hurt, and now is he even more hurt? Because Baker's hurt, Landry's hurt, OBJ is out, Chubb is hurt. I mean, that team just slowly keeps getting worse and worse. Yeah. It's, you know what? It's the luck of the Browns at that point. Yeah, um, true. I mean, yeah, Landry's going to be the number one, but does that mean more coverage? That was the one thing with OBJ being there is that Landry's going to get less coverage, and he'll be able to get more opportunities. And it looks like they were forcing it to OBJ. And unfortunately, on that interception, that's where he got hurt trying to make a defensive play. Um, so, I mean, if you're really going for it at this point, I'd probably stick to their tight ends. I know Njoku got that touchdown. Um, what's his name? Uh, Harrison Ryan. Looked good. Um, so, yeah, I would probably stick to them 
And then obviously Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, those are your money guys. But I'd probably stay away from Baker. I know he had a great game, but I mean, looking forward, it looks like it's going to be really tough without his receivers really healthy. You know, I, I always used to hate the fact that people would blame Baker so much. But then again, yesterday, I could blame Baker, right? Because he threw the pick that OBJ needed to defend. And if he didn't defend it, he wouldn't have, wouldn't have had the ACL tear. Um, Baker, to me, now actually his stock goes lower, right? He's versus Cincinnati team, and that's why, you know, and he was down. He had to throw the ball. But his stock definitely goes lower. I, I don't see Baker being even a streaming option from time to time at some point. Um, in terms of OBJ's injury, put a waiver wire bid in for T. Higgins. Put a waiver wire bid in for Peoples-Jones. I don't know what you're going to get out of them, but you might get some decent floor numbers, right? Like 10, 9, 10, 11 points. And if you're lucky, a touchdown from one of them too. Um, but you're right. I agree with you. The tight ends is the place to go. You're going to go out there and you're going to get some of these guys, uh, whether that's Njoku, Brian. Brian looks good, and he may be more a part of the offense moving forward. Um, then again, we're going to the fact that they versus Cincinnati, right? Cincinnati, a team that constantly is down, and that in turn in, in actually favors Joe Burrow, right, who has become one of the best fantasy quarterback, rookie quarterbacks we've seen in a long time. Uh, Joe Burrow throws the ball, I would think, maybe 50-plus times a game. And yesterday he threw for, what, 400-plus yards and put up crazy numbers. What do you do with Joe Burrow moving forward? I mean, is he a streaming option, or could you potentially start him every week because they're always down? I think you start him every week at this point because they're always down, like you said, and they need to pass the ball a lot. And he's, I think he, he's, again, leading another week where he's the number one I mean, in yards with QBs. Um, it's plenty of opportunity for him to get the stats. The only thing I worry about is that he's getting sacked a lot. I think it was like 24 times in six games, something like that. It's crazy. That's ridiculous amount. Like, that's, that's crazy. And you need to just protect the quarterback. They don't have an O-line. They're getting uh, their uh, Spain from the Bills. Yeah. So they might get him, which is going to help him. But they lost their left tackle. Yeah. So this is another – it's, it's going to be tough for him. I mean, he's going to get the stats. It's just a matter of how many sacks can he really take before he – something happens to him, God forbid, and he gets hurt. Yeah, I agree. Uh, look, A.J. Green is seeming a little more like the old A.J. Green, slowly, slowly. And you also see the fact that Tyler Boyd is going off and, you know, T. Higgins is going off. So Joe Burrow is going to be a good play week in, week out, because he has the receivers to do so. Uh, speaking of receivers, A.J. Green, like I said, looking good. Two weeks in a row now. If, you have an AJ Green, if you're an A.J. Green owner, do you now – Definitely play him in the flex every week until he shows you otherwise. I think it's still matchup-based. I mean, the last two weeks, again, who'd they play? Cleveland and who'd they play last week? Um, I don't even know. I don't, it wasn't someone good. I know that. Oh, the Colts. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They played the Colts when everyone had, like, 50 fantasy points in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it seems like when everyone else is playing well, then he's playing well. Because if you look at it, T. Higgins had an okay game, but Tyler Boyd went off. Yeah, it's like you know what? As the second guy on the team, he looks good, and that's what he's become. Now. It's not the focus is not on him anymore. The focus no. is on Tyler Boyd now. Yeah, Boyd taking all the attention. Like Jay said on 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 Friday, he's a big guy, so he can make those big catches, those high catches, the stopping on the dime that he did the other day um, on the left side of the field. He can make those those good stops and catches and all that. It's just a matter of getting the space to do it. I, I agree. I look at the fact that. The, the Bengals really remind me of the Giants in a way, right? Where 
they're constantly down. They constantly need to throw the ball. They don't have a good O-line, so their running game is pretty much shot. And so they look to throw, and they have three receivers to throw to, right? They got Sterling Shepard, they got Golden Tate, and Darius Lane. Not all of them are going to go off, just like the Bengals, not all of them are going to go off. Um, but with that being said, uh, A.J. Green, to me, is a weekly flex play. I, I know you're, you're still on the matchup side, and there are a lot of people like that. I, I go out there and I play A.J. Green every week until he shows me otherwise. I think he's becoming more part of the offensive. 13 targets is a lot. And so that means Joe Burrow is looking his way. Uh, speaking of a horrible O-line, when I was talking about the Giants, the O-line is so bad that Giovanni Bernard showed that he is nowhere close to Joe Mixon, right? People like to take a dump on Joe Mixon every once in a while, and the fact that he can't run the ball as, as well in, in terms of efficiency, that O-line is bad. And that's why he can't. Giovanni Bernard goes out there and rushes for, what, 30-something yards? Um, still gets a lot of touches, still gets the touchdowns, still has a great fantasy day. Yeah, most of his points came from the receiving game, actually. Yeah. yeah. Okay, again, they're going to have to throw a lot. And not, I mean, throwing in the flats not a bad thing, especially if you're Gio Bernard, because that's what he's good at. Um, but, yeah, that O-line is not great. I mean, rushing-wise, I don't see, even when Mixon comes back, I can't see much production in the rushing game. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of their points are going to come from PPR, um, receiving, stuff like that. Sure. Yeah, update on today, uh, Joe Mixon is considered day-to-day. There's a chance he plays. This week, but I would uh, hold on to Bernard and not drop him tomorrow if, if you are an owner of Mixon. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's still, I mean, he's always a great handcuff to have, just like Jamal Williams with Aaron Jones. You always need that just in case something happens. And then Jamal Williams went off yesterday, and so did, um, uh, so did Bernard to a certain extent. When it comes yeah, he to did. Him. Yeah, yeah. He had 20, 20 points. Yeah, and if you look at it, I mean, now the next game we're going to go to is the most anticipated one where the both teams are undefeated, um, the Steelers and the Titans. And Chase Claypool had a disappointing day. Juju came back. Uh, Deontay Johnson played well, then got hurt. Uh, what are you doing? Which now, because it looks like it's going to be a merry-go-round of wide receivers. Like, who do you, who do you play on a weekly basis now? I mean, yeah. we went over it on, on, Saturday, on Friday. We said Juju is going to be coming up a little more because Claypool is going to get most of the attention. And with that, he got one catch for negative two yards. So are you still, are you still playing Claypool? Or are you concerned what's happening? Uh, I am concerned, and I'll tell you why. Deontay Johnson, when he has been in the lineup, has been their best receiver. And I thought that when he was gone and Claypool was going to showcase himself, uh, and, and did showcase himself, that Deontay Johnson would come back and actually help Claypool. And instead, it seems as though Claypool is helping Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson went off, and if you are a Deontay Johnson owner, that's awesome for you. Juju Smith-Schuster goes off, and... I don't expect that every week, but he, we did say that there's a chance he could come back to form. Um, but somebody's going to have to take the hit, and I think it's going to be the rookie. I think Chase Claypool in Dynasty is a great, a great option and great addition to have on your team. But in redraft, I think that Chase Claypool is going to have a lot of weeks like he had last week, right? A few targets, maybe one big play if you're lucky, but that's really it. Yeah, but it's going to be tough, for, especially for teams that are playing against the Steelers. It's like, okay, you have Snell and Connor, who are both good catchers. Um, and Samuels, for that matter. And then you have Juju, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Eric Ebron. All yeah. great at catching. So it's like, who do you – you can only focus on one guy so much to where, I mean, somebody's going to be open at that point. So, I mean, at, everyone talks about Juju, so obviously he's going to get coverage. Claypool's coming off two great weeks. So obviously he's going to get coverage. And that leaves Deontay Johnson open. And Eric Ebron for, for, some, for most of the game. Yeah. If you're looking at it, I mean, it's going to be very – 
it's it's a hit or miss at this point. It's just plug right. one and just hope you pick the right one that we that's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you look at it the other side, um, AJ Brown, he just keeps going off. Comes back from injury, just goes off, and it looks like Janu Smith is the most affected because he's not doing anything anymore. He yeah. hasn't been able to get much production. Um, what do you take from that? Which receiver are you are you playing week in and out? Yeah, look, A.J. Brown said it and forget it. You're playing him every week because he's come back two games in a row and has gone off. Uh, on the flip side, Janu Smith now becomes a little bit of a scary option because you'd think that on a game where they scored so many points that Janu would be a more of a part, part of the offense, but he hasn't been. And you're right, it's probably because A.J. Brown is back and that big body receiver is back. So they don't need Janu Smith, even though Janu Smith was targeted, I think, once or twice in the end zone. Uh, the guy who I think is the most risky play, but at the same time can put up a decent floor for you every week now and, and has shown it uh, for the most part, is Corey Davis. Corey Davis, yeah, inefficient, right? So I think it was six catches on 30 yards or something, but still got the touchdown. So that means that because they're throwing and because Tannehill has been so good and A.J. Brown eventually is going to get double coverage, I think that it opens the door for Corey Davis to potentially be in your lineups, matchup-based, um, if you are looking for a bye week for Yeah, for sure. And speaking of Tannehill, obviously Tannehill and there's Big Ben um, in this game, and you're definitely not playing both of them every week. Uh, well, most likely one of them is on the bench, one is a streamer. Which one do you like more going forward? Who do you trust more? Who's going to be starting in your lineup every week? It's funny. Today I was talking trades with a lot of, with a lot of the owners and and because uh, I lost OBJ, so I was looking to trade. And I was trading Lamar Jackson to an owner that has Big Ben. And he told me, I'd rather not give away any of my pieces because I really believe that Ben, and this is a good fantasy owner, a guy who's won. I think he won last year. And he's like, I don't want to give away Ben because I really feel that Ben's going to have a great year moving forward. There are under the, some of that, that are under the belief that Ben is going to have a great year now. The fact that Deontay Johnson is healthy and the team is playing so well. I'm in the belief that I think Tannehill is the best option, right? Big Ben's a streamer. Tannehill's a guy you probably play more often. But I don't think big, look, he had three picks yesterday. I mean, he pretty much cost him the game. He threw a pick to Eric Ebron when he was triple coverage. Triple coverage. I don't understand that. Big Ben is known to kind of take risks, but with those risks, fantasy owners get affected by it. And I think that Big Ben moving forward is strictly a streaming option. He's not a top 12 option for me. Uh, yeah. I mean, the problem is both of them, the Steelers are defense heavy, which means low scoring, which means a lot of running. And the Titans have Derrick Henry, which means a lot of running. Yeah. So, I mean, either way, it's a risk on both of them. Um, but if you want to go less of a risk, I'd go Tannehill probably. He yeah. seems like he's Ben. Ben doesn't mind taking the risk and making the big plays, but Tannehill's a smarter guy right now, and he's right. making the smarter plays. He doesn't care about all these down the field, whatever. He'll go check down, check down, check down. Give Derrick Henry the ball, let him run. So I if you're agree. looking fantasy wise, I'm probably taking Tannehill as a safer bet. If you want to go gamble, go for Big Ben. But yeah, true. Um, and then the next game is the another division matchup here, uh, the Panthers and the Saints. That game was it was weird because it was close and it was interesting, but at the same time it wasn't. Yeah, it was weird. Like it was a very weird going game. Um, Bridgewater looked good against his former team for a little bit. It didn't look so good. Um, yeah. One guy that definitely didn't look good was Mike Davis. I think he had seven rushes for twelve yards or something, and which is completely the opposite of what he was doing the past couple of weeks. Uh, so wh- what do you take of Mike Davis? I know he probably has one or two weeks left with CMC coming back soon. 
is it worth just plugging him in your lineup? And you know what? He'll get me the points. They're playing the Falcons this week, uh, coming up on Thursday. So that could be a great matchup for him to come back and establish himself as possibly uh, a one-two combo with CMC or something like that, just to get some more field time. Uh, yeah, look, Mike Davis was the savior for most CMC owners for a, a couple of weeks. And people were you know, loving the fact that he was putting up close to what McCaffrey was putting up, right? Obviously not the same level of you know, player and athlete. But fantasy-wise, he was pretty much giving you guys 20 points every week. That has started to middle down a little bit, and, and it's starting to seem like, you know, teams know that if they can stop the run and force maybe Bridgewater to throw a little bit, um, he's going to have a little tough time, a little bit of a tough time. Bridgewater's been playing well, navigating the pocket. You know, he has a lot of good receivers, but at the same time, he needs the run game, and the run game opens that up for him, and it seems like Mike Davis now is being stopped um, a lot of the times, and CMC couldn't have come back at a better time. The team is good. Uh, the team needs him. And Matt Rule came out today and right before we got on the show and said that there's a possibility CMC comes back this week against the Falcons. And likelihood is not, but if he does, man, what a good matchup, right, for CMC owners. I mean, you're looking at the Falcons right off the bat for a guy who's been hurt. Um, yeah, they could be a one-two combo, but I just see CMC coming back and taking over everything because they really need CMC. And if you think about it, how good the Panthers have been playing without CMC? Just imagine how good they would be with him. I think that Mike Davis... You have to rely on him as much. You have people like Curtis Samuel who are playing well, yeah. uh, Robbie Anderson who played well, yeah. DJ Moore who had a who had comeback game um, looked like yesterday and had, I think, two touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, and he looked really good. Uh, what do you take of this performance? Can you see him keeping it up for the rest of the season? I do. I think that now Robbie Anderson has helped him kind of open up his game. Look, the, the, the issue with DJ Moore was his drops, right? He was dropping the ball left, right, and center. I think he's overcome that. I think he needed some time to take, you know, his mind off of that. And I think, again, with CMC coming back, it's going to open the door for a lot of these guys. And I think DJ Moore moving forward is a great option. Uh, sorry, going back to CMC for just one second, I did also see that Matt Rule did say that there's a possibility that Curtis Samuel and Mike Davis do take – uh, reps away from him in the beginning and they kind of uh, keep the defense surprised a little bit so I mean look CMC coming back is good for every Panther uh, except maybe Mike Davis but every Panther yeah for sure um, if you look at the other side still injuries uh, Mike Thomas he was announced out many Sanders friends were owners were happy then he got put on the COVID list and then it's like who do you throw to yeah. Uh, Draco and Smith, who hasn't been really consistent, and he didn't show it again. There was no sign of him yesterday on the field. Um, Jared Cook got a touchdown, but that was about it. Not much production there. Kamara is Kamara, but how much more can he really do? Yeah, true. To someone like Callaway, who ends up with eight receptions for 75 yards out of nowhere. Uh, what do you make of it? Can he be the next number two guy to Mike Thomas? I, I look, I think that once Sanders comes back, I think it's Sanders' job, but. Man, Callaway looked good two weeks in a row now, right? Against the Chargers, against these guys. I think Callaway, as long as maybe either or Sanders or Thomas is out, I think you can take Callaway over, um, over Tricon Smith. I think Callaway has shown that he can handle the workload. And he's, man, Drew Brees really likes him as a safety blanket. I like Callaway. Look, you need to be white, uh, bi-week fill-in. And you got guys like Chenault and stuff on your bench or on your, on your flex like me. I'd rather take Callaway right now. He's getting more volume. Yeah, he looks like he's going to be really good, especially when 
uh, maybe Sanders is finished with his career or whatever it may yeah. be. Yeah. He yeah. looks like he can definitely work in the number two and be the second guy down the field taking the long long catches, whatever it is. He looks like what Traquan Smith was supposed to be. That's what he's Yes, doing. exactly. And, yeah. and that's where he is now. And, I mean, it looks good for him going forward. Not so great for Traquan Smith going forward. No, I agree. And like I said, Drew Brees looks at him like a safety blanket, right? Like he's always throwing underneath to him and he's make, chunking off big runs. A guy who was taken off yesterday and on big runs and another safety blanket for Josh Allen is Cole Beasley, right? Cole Beasley yesterday in that Bills-Jets game, which, by the way, was probably closer than it should have been. Um, and it sucks that it was six field goals that won the game for the Bills. Um, but Cole Beasley, though, went off. Uh, what do you take from Cole Beasley moving forward? I mean, yeah, it was crazy. The only touchdown in that game came from the Jets. And I know. Yeah. The points, the other nine scores were all field goals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, John Brown was hurt. We knew Cole Beasley had a good chance of going off. Yeah, but you're playing against the Jets. I mean, you need to put up yeah. some some sort of points over there. I mean, if you, especially for Josh Allen, you haven't thrown a touchdown in the last three weeks, and you haven't looked great. Um, you believe that, man. I can't believe Josh Allen. Yeah, and it's had a bad effect on Stefan Diggs, who only ended up with 10 fantasy points yesterday, which is definitely well below his projections. Yeah. Um, but for Cole Beasley, I mean, he looked great. I think he had 11 catches or 12 catches, over 100 yards. Uh, and he, he definitely looked like the number one yesterday. But now, again, with John Brown coming back, Gabe Davis stepping up a little bit more into the game, um, will it take a big chunk of, out of Cole Beasley? And I feel like, I mean, going forward, they're going to need him a lot more. Because, I mean, once you play the Jets, that's probably the easiest game on your schedule. That's true. And, and now, where is Josh Allen going to throw to? That's another mystery of a merry-go-round of receivers there. Yeah. yeah. No, look, I actually just today traded Lamar Jackson. Because once I lost OBJ, I needed some wide receiver depth. I traded away Lamar Jackson for Josh Allen and CeeDee Lamb. And I honestly thought that... that what? You did that one out of the... Yeah, well, yeah, the other ones didn't pan out. Uh, the the owners wanted more in the deal, and I didn't want to give up way more because I like I liked my. Uh, by the way, breaking news: Tyler Higby inactive for tonight's game. If you are a Gerald Everett owner, I wish I knew because I probably would have played Gerald Everett this week. Um, but yeah, no, Josh Allen. Uh, I, I took I took the I took the risk on him. Look, I know he has had a couple of three uh, three couple couple of weeks now, and that's three weeks without a touchdown. But at the same time. He was putting up crazy numbers the first three, four weeks of the season. And wait, I mean, two of his, one of his games was equaling Lamar, two of Lamar Jackson's games. And to be honest, I pretty much traded them and I thought that they, they would give me even output for the rest of the year. Um, and then I got CeeDee Lamb for like free, pretty much. Um, I, I don't know. Look, Josh Allen moving forward has a tough schedule. He has New England next week. Um, I know his playoff schedule is a little tough too. But I really think once he gets health around him with John Brown, with, um, with uh, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, and Cole Beasley, and a running game, right, which is what they've been lacking. The problem, the running game. I think that Josh Allen should be all right uh, moving forward. Maybe he's just missing all his tight ends because they were all put on the COVID list before that's the game. true also. Maybe that was a big part of it. That's, that's true also. Yeah, uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, we were talking about – I just got a text. Uh, we were talking – a work text. We were talking about the touchdown, right, that the Jets scored. I mean, you look at the fact that the Jets scored a touchdown, you wonder who it is. LaMichael Pirine scores a touchdown. Uh, LaMichael Pirine pretty much gets 70% of the 
of the snaps yesterday. It doesn't really relate to as many touches, the more touches, but he got more snaps. And Adam Gase did say he was going to get more snaps. So it looks like Michael Pirine seems to be taking control of the backfield. What do you think about Pirine moving forward? Do you think that he could potentially be a flex um, in a matchup-based uh, flex every week? I mean, as surprising as it is, the Jets somehow are looking better. Even though the score may not reflect it, they are looking better. And now they got Sam Darnold back, and they lost Jamison Crowder. Once he comes back, they have Jamison Crowder, Denzel Mims, Sam yeah. Darnold, Michael P. Ryan. And, I mean, you have a couple other options. Um, uh, Hernan and um, Chris Hogan and a couple other guys. So you can, you know, Perriman, you can make somewhat of a team over there. And it looks semi-decent. If you look at down the stretch last year, I think they won six out of the last eight games they played last year, something like that. Yeah. Um, so maybe in the second half, they can put it back together. They can pick it up a little bit. They can be in closer games, which will give more touches for Piran. And I just traded Mark Ingram for him. So I hope he goes Oh, because, nice. Yeah. I like that trade. Mark anyways, yeah, I like that trade. Let me just try, see what happens. Pretty cool, yeah. Uh, so in the second half of the season, he gets most of the touches. Frank Gore goes down a little bit, and they start to get the rookie going. Yeah, I agree. I, I see LaMichael Piran actually being a big big part of the offense moving forward. I think they're trying to find the next back. I don't know if it is Piran, but I think if he can showcase his talents this year and they have to give him the ability to do so, he could be their back for the next year or two. Um, going from the Jets, who we thought was probably the laughing stock of the NFL up until this week, now I think the laughing stock in the NFL has to be the Dallas Cowboys, right? I mean, oh, sorry, it always has been. No matter how bad the Jets are, everyone will still dump on like, the Cowboys. Just like Stephen A. Smith would say, oh, I mean, the Cowboys have been so bad that you have to think they they just need to do something to win this division because they're legit a quarterback away. They're not winning the division. But they could. I mean, it's, okay, let me ask you an honest question, right? I was, I, was, I was reading about this, and I was talking to some guys about this. If, hypothetically, the Cowboys go out and get Ryan Fitzpatrick, don't you think they can win that division? No. As crazy as that sounds. Even with Ryan Fitzpatrick back there, it's not – you're not going to get the same amount of production that you were from Dak Prescott because Dak Prescott – can hurt anyone from two ways. He can hurt you down the field. He can hurt you running the ball. Yes, Ryan Fitzpatrick is running the ball, but he's not. He's running, running the ball like a dad. Yeah, I can hold them. Oh, I can hold them. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I mean, today they announced that they're not going to look for another quarterback. They said that they're content with their two guys who are. Yeah, I don't know what they're smoking, but yeah. Yeah, who are a seventh round draft pick from some school that I don't even remember. Yeah, I, James Madison, I actually. James Madison, yeah. I don't remember. Like, I've never heard it from anyone in James Madison. Yeah. And it's a really, really whack school, like, small school. Like, I don't know how they found this quarterback. But yeah. nice name, though. Nice name. No, for sure. And then, and then some practice squad quarterback until Andy Dalton comes off the concussion protocol. But Andy Dalton, I mean, he yeah, looks angry, But yeah. he looked like he had a concussion before the game even started, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to throw the ball yeah. the season started. Like, I don't know what he's doing in practice. Maybe just sitting on the side eating Doritos or something. But yeah, like, seriously. Andy Dalton, like, he's not worth the $7 million at this point. He's not. And to be honest, man, like, 
if I'm the Cowboys and I'm this close to, like, to being on top of that division, right now is the time you make a move. And you have the money to do so. With that, yeah. they went from scoring 40 point, 30 or 40 points a game to scoring 10 last week and then three this week. Like, the, the drop in production is just ridiculous. And that's going to have such a bad effect fantasy-wise. Yeah, uh, fantasy-wise, all the pass catchers. Gallup has zero. ZD Lamb has, like, 0. 0.1. Amari Cooper is the only one who had the decent day. Um, I don't know what to do with these pass catchers. Schultz is off my radar. I mean, these I guys. Got are just... I got I got tired of it. I mean, he gave me another four point game this week, and yeah. I was like, you know what? At this point, they have no quarterback. It's not worth the, the stress of keeping him. There are better tight ends out there for sure. Just drop him, let him go. Unless Dak somehow fixes his ankle by week twelve, there's no reason to keep any of these guys. Aside yeah. From I agree. Uh, on the flip side, you're versing the Dallas defense. Uh, you're going to go off, and people did go off. Antonio Gibson, off. Terry McLaurin, went off. Logan Thomas, went off. This is a, a week where you're versing the Cowboys, so I really don't put too much on it. Then again, I believe the football team will be versing the Cowboys at some point again. So if you are a Gibson, McLaurin, or Logan Thomas owner, yeah, you can play them against those guys. I just don't know if you can trust them every week. That the Cowboys' defense has negative seven fantasy points for the season. Yeah, yeah. And me and you have zero. So we have more fantasy points than they do on defense. Um, speaking of, I don't know if you heard this, and I, I don't mean to really get on the Cowboys, but I'm a Giants fan, so I'm going to get on them whenever I can. The Cowboys' defensive coordinator, Mike Nolan, had a press conference that had to be put on hold because he had Tabasco sauce put in, in his eye. So he, can't, he couldn't get on the conference because he has Tabasco in his eye. So it was a big deal, and it was funny that I just found that. I'm like, what are these guys doing? Like, their coaches can't even get it together. Um, but, yeah, no, look, Gibson, I think, is amazing talent. McLaurin, obviously, an amazing talent. Logan Thomas, week to week, could be all right. Antonio Gibson, McLaurin, for me, matchup base. You're playing McLaurin as your wide receiver, too. But Gibson, probably a flex, wide, running back three, RB2, potentially. He's had some off weeks, but he has, he's had some good weeks. So those are guys you're probably playing in your, in your lineup weekly. Yeah, Gibson and Logan Thomas are definitely matchup-based. Uh, McLaurin, for sure. I mean, you drafted him as a, as a wide receiver three at least, and you're probably going to keep him at that. I mean, he's looked good the last couple of weeks. He's looked good the whole season, for that matter. Um, I'm definitely keeping him on my radar, for sure. I'm not getting rid of him anytime soon. Um, yeah, he's going to stay where he is. Um, and then, from that terrible game to another great game, the Packers and the Texans. Devontae Adams, welcome back. Welcome back. I mean, no one thought that that performance would be outplayed until Sunday night came around. Um, but for the day games, I mean, that was one of the best performances we've seen in a long time from anyone. Yeah, yeah. They just completely went off. Um, along with that whole offense, they just completely took off. Aaron Rodgers, I think, had three touchdowns, and Devontae had two of them, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's what you expect from a guy that's considered top three, top four. At this, at this point, I'm putting him top three in my wide receiver list, for sure. I agree. Uh, uh, Rodgers loves him. He's back. He's healthy. He looks good. He was the Texans, but Devontae Adams is going to have really good weeks ahead of him. Yeah, and then Jamal Williams filling in for Aaron Jones, who was inactive. Um, he also looked great. Uh, just looked like Aaron Jones. I mean, why not? Yeah, I mean... Jamal Williams has always been good. It's just that Aaron Jones is taking yeah, up the day, but Jamal Williams is very good. I don't good. understand why they drafted A.J. Dillon. Because I don't get you, got, it. you got Aaron Jones as a superstar. You got 
Uh, Jamal Williams was, was a great second option and can yeah, get the second option. And then you go out in the second round and you draft A.J. Dillon, and it's like, you know what? You're not even going to play him at that point. Guess maybe, they don't, maybe they don't want to pay him. They, they don't want to pay Aaron Jones next year or two years from now. I don't know when his contract is up. But if that's the case, then, okay, when Aaron Jones is out, why don't you give Dillon the ball? Yeah, true. He touches yeah. that to me. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's like, you know what? I mean, at this point, I'm keeping Jamal Williams definitely as a handcuff. Um, yeah. Maybe even as a flex option because even when Aaron Jones is on the field, he's still Jamal good. Williams still gets touches for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Aaron Rodgers, he was the most traded quarterback, I mean, most traded player last couple of weeks. Yeah, last couple of weeks, yeah. So, I mean, whoever traded for him, it worked out. Good for you. Yeah, good for you. Aaron Rodgers, still gold, man, still gold. Yeah, but one guy that disappointed me, actually, and I'll never get over it, is Tunyon. Oh. I lost by two points, and he only gave me five. And, and that hurt the most because I was really confident in playing him. And it's just ever since that week where he got, like, 30, it just – Devontae Adams came back, and he seems like he's not getting any touches. Yeah, look, Tunyon is going to have off weeks. They, unfortunately, two touchdowns from two different tight ends besides Tunyon. I don't think it's just Tunyon's fault. I mean, he was there. He was open. I guess Rodgers, they were trying to just deceive the off of the defense a little bit. It worked. Uh, I think Tunyon has better days ahead of him, though. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. It's going to be tough. Um, but if you look at the other side of the ball, uh, Randall Cobb just completely went off. David yeah. had a good performance. Yeah. Randall Cobb has been having some good games recently. Yeah, for sure. And then Will Fuller just had a, not a great game. Caught the touchdown, but aside from that, didn't really do much. Um, Garbage touchdown, yeah. Uh, they were looking, they said that they were looking to trade maybe one or two of them and maybe change it up a little bit. Um, if you are the GM of the Texans, who do you trade? I'd probably trade Cooks. Okay. Because Wolf Fuller is your main man. Randall Cobb is probably too old to, for anybody to want. Not too old, but you know what I mean. Like, he's had a lot of leg, miles on his legs. Yeah. Brandon Cooks, though, is, could be a game changer for a lot of people. Yeah, he's injury prone. Yeah, he's been in the league for a while. But a lot of people might take chances on him. So, why not? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I think if you're going to get rid of anyone, Brandon Cooks is the guy. You got him for kind of cheap. Yeah. So why not see what you can get for him? But, I mean, the whole offense, since Bill O'Brien left, has just got a big upgrade. They all look great now. And... I mean, it's, it's working out. Even Duke Johnson at this point is getting a yeah, lot of... The defense is so bad that their offense is really going off. Yeah, so, I mean, I think it's a great situation for them going forward. Um, they just got to hope for better matchups because they have yeah. had really tough matchups. Uh, yeah, their schedule's been rough. Uh, by the way, David Johnson? Yeah. Man, I think, like, flex play every week, man. The guy's floor is so safe. He's so consistent. RB2, I put him RB2 even. He's giving you 12-plus. Easy. 12 to 15 points minimum. Every week. As every week. Yep. Every, every Not efficient, but 15. That's it. Oh, I mean, yeah, you need consistency sometimes. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah. And then we got another good game here uh, for at least one of the teams. <laughs> yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, they just look like they were connecting on – Every play, every, every, every yeah. game, whatever you want to say, they were just on fire. And it, it started with um, a lot of Leonard Fournette, surprisingly. Shocking. This game, he looked healthy since probably week two or three. 
And he was on the field. I feel like every time I looked up, he's on the field, which hurts a lot of Ronald Jones' owners. Yeah. Um, do you think Fournette's the number one? I think Fournette will be the number one. I think Ronald Jones is great. I think Fournette is taking over the pass-catching roles. He was there pretty much on every third down. Um, but honestly, uh, I, I, if I'm a Fournette owner, I'm happy, man, because the offense is getting better. People got to guard these receivers, especially with Antonio Brown being there. That's opening up. It's going to open up the, the run game for Fournette. I think Fournette, as time goes on, will get into the game more. And, and to be honest with you, yesterday's game, man, it looked like it was going to be a great game right off the bat. Nelson Aguilar goes for that long touchdown. Raiders take a lead. You think about it, you go, man, the Raiders, always good, always good. The Raiders will always give you a tough time. And then the, the Bucks, just Tom Brady, the Bucks, Scotty Miller. I mean, all those guys, right? They all just go off. Look, Fournette owners. The surgeons out of nowhere. Um, I think he knows he's about to lose his job. That's why. (laughs) Maybe, and here's my theory, maybe they're getting ready for Antonio Brown to be on the outside. And this is a sign of what Chris Godwin is going to do in the slot. And they were just preparing Tom Brady to just get into that mentality. of Hey, this this is what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, true. I can see that. Um, Scotty Miller definitely, he's going to take a big hit. Uh, That rookie Johnson, he looked good for a little bit. He's definitely going to take a hit. and Gronkowski, I mean, as good as he's been, uh, they're second all time now, I think, right? Or tied. No, yeah, yeah. Before I think Rivers and Gates is uh, one, right? Yeah. Uh, no. Um, Peyton Manning is first with Harrison. Oh, no yeah. way. Peyton Manning and Harrison are first, and then Montana and Rice are tied for second with Tom Brady and Gronk now. Oh, you're talking about receiver and. Yeah, receiver uh, to, to, what were you talking about? Quarterback. I was talking about quarterback tight ends only. Oh no no receiver uh, yeah quarterback to receiver. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're second all time, which is a crazy stat. To think he's about. crazy, yeah, and he's not even a receiver, which is nuts. He's a receiver, and he has. No. Yeah, them. no. Gronk looks good, man, and and for all those owners that told me to get rid of Gronk, yeah, screw you. Sorry, I was one of them. I gave up on him too early. Yeah, um, he, he's, he looks good. He looks good. He looks really good. He looks like the old Gronkowski for sure. He does. He does. Um, and then you mentioned it on the other side, uh, Nelson Aguilar. I mean, the guy out of nowhere just decided to become the number one option on that team. Yeah. And he seems like he's always getting those, those down-the-field plays, those big plays from Derek Carr. Um, and another crazy stat I saw was Derek Carr, when he throws, like, plus 20-plus yards or something, he's, like, number one passer rating or something like that. Yeah, which is crazy because people don't think Carr has a gun, but dude has a gun. He just doesn't get to showcase it enough. <laughs> That's, I never thought Derek Carr was that good. And to, to find out that when passes are in the air for 20-plus yards, he's the best passer in that. That's crazy. That's crazy. And that's going to have a big impact on Ruggs and Aguilar going forward. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I Honestly, I looked at Aguilar yesterday, and while the game was going on and he was going off, I saw that he was 2% owned in Yahoo Leagues. Dude, he's going to be on the waiver wire. I'm not saying go pick him up. I'm saying if you're in need of a receiver and you have, like, you know, sometimes you just don't know that you have, like, three, three guys on bye. And yeah. you're just like, dude, I want to put anybody out there. Yeah, Aguilar, go get him and put him out there because he looked good. And I think that once you build that trust, I mean, they're, they're really thin at receiver, right, without Edwards being there. Ruggs is back, but Ruggs is a, you know, a gadget guy. You don't know what he's going to do all the time. Waller, your big body guy. Hunter Renfro and, and Aguilar are the main guys there right now. So I, why not? Take a chance on Aguilar. Yeah, I take a chance on him for sure. Um, but one guy that has been kind of disappointing, we talked about him a little bit on Saturday, on Friday, and we said, no, he hasn't had a bad season. And then he comes out and has a bad game. Um, 
think he had, what, 17 rushing yards, uh, if I'm not wrong. Um, Josh Jacobs just didn't look like Josh Jacobs. Uh, maybe it's a sophomore slump. Maybe it's just that defense is that great at stopping Yeah, yeah. Tampa Bay run defense is good. Yeah, and that defense just looked like they balled him up. They knew what he was going to try and do every time, and they just completely shut it down. Yeah. Um, and that's when the game got away from them. And it ended up being 45 to 20 or 22, something like that. And the game, that's when they just took off, is when they stopped the run game completely. I agree. Um, what do you think for Jacobs coming next week? Uh, well, Jacobs, funny enough, uh, last week we got a, a viewer that said Jacobs has been a disappointment. And I was like, no, man, can't be. Looked, at, looked up Jacobs' numbers today. He has been a disappointment, right? Like, first round pick pretty much in most leagues. And this is his points per game, right? 34 the first week. You're like, oh, my God, he's great. That was against Carolina. Horrible run defense. After that, 12, 7, 8, 21, and then 4 yesterday. He hasn't had a good week. He's ranked 45th overall in, in fantasy, and you expect him to be in the top 20 overall, and he's not. And uh, if you're a Josh Jacobs owner, I hang, out, I hang on to him, but just don't be surprised if he has rough weeks ahead of him. Right, Cleveland next week, Chargers week after that, Denver week after that. I mean, in his playoff schedule has Indianapolis and the Chargers again. So it might be tough sledding for Josh Jacobs moving forward. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't – it's going to be tough. I mean, hopefully it's just a sophomore slump. We hate to see guys like that who are that dynamic just turn into nothing. Um, but I don't think that's the case. I think it's just, you know what, they're hurt. The whole team is a little bit hurt right now. So yeah. Maybe they aren't able to get him the touches that they need him to get. Um, or maybe they just need to switch up the offense a little bit. And Rudy needs to just try some new things out. I know he's great at that, so maybe something will work for him. Um, yeah, true. Comes back. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, football in October is the greatest feeling when you watch a game that has snow in it, right? Chiefs, Broncos had snow, and I loved it. November. <laughs> this is a little bit early for snow. Yeah, true. But I, I loved it. I was like, wow, you know, dude, like that's, that makes it so much fun. It feels like you're playing Madden. Um, Lev Bell de- debuted yesterday, tore off a huge run on his first run. After that, kind of, you know, mellowed out. Again, you assume that because it is a good run defense and you assume that he's just going to try to find his footing, um, especially coming from the Jets. What did you get out of Lev Bell moving forward? Do you think that this was just uh, him just trying to get acclimated in the offense? So I was looking at the stats because I was, I was thinking about the same thing that you were thinking. And I went a little bit deeper and I looked into it and they had um, – 50 total plays on okay. offense. And 10 of them were when Chad Henney ran in and then the last one where they just kneeled all three times. So they really had only 40 offensive plays, 10 drives as an offense altogether. And they had, I think, three defensive touchdowns or three special team and defensive touchdowns. True. So what, there wasn't really that much opportunity for him. You would think in a game where it's snowing, they want to run the ball a lot. But it was just their defense just did everything for them. And they didn't have to do much. So maybe it just there was no, no room for opportunity to get the chances, hand them off. Even CEH didn't do much, um, didn't have that many touches. Kelsey was really – I mean, um, yeah, Kelsey didn't play well. Tyreek Hill was really the only guy who actually came out of that game with a great performance. Yeah. else was subpar. You don't expect that from them. Um, especially when they put up 43, you look at it, it was all defense. Unless it was all defense. And Nicole Hardman – was leading if you if McCall Hartman is leading your team in, in in yards with only two catches or three catches, that's a that's a bad gig. I wish McCall Hartman gave me those three catches last week. Um, 
yeah, that, that offense didn't really have to do much. The defense did the most of the work. If you had Kansas City DST, hey, great for you, man. You, you probably won your matchup. Um, on the flip side, quickly, Philip Lindsay, concussion protocol. But before that, everyone wanted to know how he was going to run with Melvin Gordon in the game. He got the first run. Philip Lindsay looked good. He got most of the runs, yeah. He got most of the runs. What do you think about Philip Lindsay moving forward? If you, have, if you have Philip Lindsay, you must be happy. I mean, obviously, he's in concussion. But once he's out of that, he's a great runner, man. My guy runs hard. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if Melvin Gordon cannot fix his off-the-field issues, Philip Lindsay is a great guy. And they said this in the broadcast. Uh, they don't even – why did they even bring Melvin Gordon on? Um, they didn't really need him. I mean, they had Royce Freeman. They had Philip Lindsay. They don't really need, uh, they don't really need a third guy to come and take the touches away. Um, he looked really good. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, what about – Speaking of, you know, injuries and, you know, he has an injury. And yesterday you can tell that Noah Fant really was running around, you know, not knowing, you know, what was going to happen um, with his leg. I mean, in the snow, high ankle sprain, you can tell he was kind of, you know, didn't, you know, didn't want to overdo himself, but still out there grinding. Didn't have the big day that most people thought. Are you scared playing him every week now, Noah Fant? Or no, I still think it's an injury. I think he's not 100% healthy yet. I think he'll get there eventually. Give it a week or two. As long as he doesn't re-hurt or, like, aggravate anything else, um, he should still be a, a tight end, number one. Great option. He should be fine. Agreed. Uh, speaking of tight ends that worked out for them, Albert Akwegbunam went off. <laughs> if that name doesn't help you go off, then I don't know what else would. Uh, I think it's a one-week thing. Uh, yeah, I think as, as Font goes on, I mean, that's yeah. I'd pass on him for the rest of the season. If anybody did play it, Albert Akwegbunam, good job because <laughs> nobody else did. You're probably the only guy on the earth that did that. Uh, next game, quickly, 49ers Patriots. 49ers running backs, man. They just can't stay healthy, right? Raheem Mostert goes down. Jeff Wilson Jr., who I benched, and it's killing me inside. Hey, me too, man. Yeah, it's killing me because I would have definitely won that matchup. Oh, yeah. Um, he scored 32 uh, points. Uh, Ayuk, I mean, sorry, uh, uh, McKinnon gets nothing until uh, Wilson goes down. But Jamichael Hasty looked pretty good too. So what do you do moving forward, right? We all know the uh, word has come out. Shanahan has said that Wilson will go on IR. He has said that Debo Samuel is going to be missing the next couple of weeks, potentially. What do you do with the running backs going forward? I mean, it has to be McKinnon and Hasty, right? Like, hopefully. Maybe they go sign someone from home. Yeah, Shan- Shanahan's weird, dude. Yeah. I don't know what to do anymore with them. Shanahan hates fantasy. That's obviously true. <laughs> Mostert came back, got hurt again. Wilson is out for a month now. He's droppable in all formats, I think, at this point. You're not really playing him much anymore. Yeah. Um, Hasty is worth the shot because it looks like he was getting touches. Uh, McKinnon had one rush from minus three yards. Maybe he pissed off the staff beforehand and did something? Or I don't know what. But you know what? Funny thing, week before that, McKinnon had all the run and Jeff Wilson did nothing. I didn't get I don't understand. Jeff Wilson was hurt the week before that, right? That's true, yeah. I mean he was he came in, in the second half, but I was like, what? Like, how does this make any sense? Yeah, maybe McKinnon did something at practice that Shanahan didn't like. Ah uh, yeah, it could be man. Him off and they just benched him or, or something, but Yeah. That I, was I just out of nowhere. And then I, they have Coleman coming back also. Yeah. Uh, yeah, could possibly be their number one going forward for sure. Yeah, if you held on to Coleman, I don't, I don't trust any of them now. Raheem Mostert was the only guy I would really trust. Yeah, and even at this point, I don't really trust him. 
Yeah, if you held on to Coleman, then good for you because Coleman might come back to a great situation. Uh, on the flip side, like we said, uh, uh, sorry, Debo Samuel on the, well, not IR, but kind of missed two weeks or so, I guess, or one to two weeks. Brandon Ayuk looked good. Jimmy G looked good, by the way. Jimmy G looked as good as how beautiful that guy is. But he throws, uh, he throws bombs to Ayuk yesterday. He throws bombs to Debo. He throws bombs to Kittle. He looked good. Ayuk looked good. What do you do with Ayuk moving forward? Do you really think that Ayuk can be the guy now that Debo's gone? And they, they use Ayuk in weird scenarios, right? Like they throw to him behind the line and make him run all these screen passes all the time and stuff and reverses and all that. Do you think Ayuk is going to be a good play week in, week out? I think Ayuk's value goes down if Debo Samuel's out because he's the only guy on the field now with Kittle. Um, when Debo's there, they run so many different things that Ayuk was open and he got 17 fantasy points, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Again, against me, so... Thanks for that. But, um, yeah, I mean, as long, if, if Debo's on the field, Ayuk's uh, projections, I think he goes up fantasy-wise. Um, with him being the only guy on the field, I feel like he goes down a lot. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think Ayuk is, is a guy you use while Debo's gone, if anything. Uh, on the Patriots side, a lot of depression with Cam Newton seeming like, I don't know if it's COVID that – is affecting him. I don't know if it's shoulder again because he's looking like the Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton, all of a sudden. Uh, yeah, and even then that, again, he looks like the college, like like he looks like a high school quarterback right now. He looks really lost out there. I believe in Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton's going to turn it around. I think it's his receivers. And tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, his receivers haven't been doing jack. And Nikhil Harry is hurt or can't can't separation. Demir Bird looks lost. I mean, all of them. Jacoby Myers yesterday was a leading receiver. Julian Edelman was in and out of the game so many times. He costed Cam one of the picks, uh, you know, off his hands. I don't know. What do you do with, with the receivers? What do you do with Cam? I'm not playing Cam for a couple of weeks at least. Until I, I mean, they're playing uh, Buffalo next week, right? So yeah. yeah. That's going to be another tough with uh, Tredavis White out there and yeah. uh, that great defense that they have. So, I mean, it's going to be tough for them. I can't really justify putting Cam in my lineup. I, I don't know how you did it, but, I mean <laughs> – <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry to all Cam fans out there who got you got your point eight fantasy points. If you know, I don't know, man. That guy just, I don't get it. Like, I played him over Herbert because I was playing a weaker fantasy player, and I just really just wanted a safe floor. I didn't know what Herbert was going to give me. I, I knew that Herbert was going to go could have had the potential of going off, but I knew that Cam would probably get a rushing touchdown and give me like 15 points. I was happy with 15. The guy gave me point eight. If you would have gave me 15, I would have had a chance to win tonight. Herbert, though, on the flip side, if I played him, I would have already won. So, yeah, I think yeah. Herbert, I mean, let's, I mean, we're on Herbert, so now we can go on to the next one. But, um, oh, yeah, true. Unless you want, you have anything else to say about No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Let's go. Yeah. Um, so, Herbert looks really good. I mean, he looks like what we thought. I mean, he was going to be in a couple of years from now. He's already doing it. So, I mean, he's, he's just there. He's constantly, I think he's, you plug him in your quarterback and, Especially you, Sal. Please just put him in your quarterback and just That's play. What do. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. He's some good matchups. Look really good, and the guy that's benefiting the most is Keenan Allen for sure. Yes. And, and it was crazy. I heard on the again on the broadcast they said the commentator said if they threw to Keenan Allen 40 times a game, he'd probably catch 30 of them. Yeah, agreed. And that's how open he is. Agreed. It was open, and it's helping Herbert so much because. He has great weapons, man. He's my second guy. It's, you know what? 
Get it out of there. Get him the ball. Why not? Why and the team? crazy thing is he's doing this without a running game, right? I mean, he has no real running backs back there, really. Justin Jackson, Josh Kelly are just regular running backs that are getting him three yards a carry. Herbert's got to do everything. Herbert's running the ball himself. I mean, yeah, he's good. Comes back. I mean, when Eckler comes back, that team, I could see them. Being- might be scary. It might be scary. Yeah, it might be scary. I agree with everything you just said. Yeah, and their, their schedule coming up, it looks really good. So you should definitely benefit from this. Um, Denver, Vegas, Miami, the Jets, and then Buffalo, New England, and then for playoff time, Atlanta, Vegas, Denver. Wow. Wow. If you want to give me Justin Herbert, I will be, I'll be very happy with that. Yeah. I mean, Herbert looks good. I'm playing. That's not even a question. Even against, you know, Buffalo and New England a little bit, it's going to be tough. But I'm still playing him, I think, at that yeah, point. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Sure. I think it's safe to say, you know what, he's going to be a good, uh, good, solid quarterback going forward. Um, I agree. You mentioned the running game a little bit. Uh, Justin Jackson didn't even look like he was on the field. Um, yeah. Joshua Kelly took most of the carries. Yeah. And even at that, they weren't great carries. I mean, he didn't do no. really much. Mm. Uh, got 10 fantasy points if that helped anyone. Um, but they just look like they don't even need the running game at this point. Seriously, I agree. I think they're just waiting for Eckler to get back. They're patching it together until Eckler gets back. And that's all they need to do. I mean, they don't really need to do much more than that. Um, but if you look at the other side of the field, James Robinson, man. Oh, man. He Steal only the has more fantasy points than James Robinson this season is? Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. Yep. So only got a second in fantasy points. I can't believe that. Undrafted, free agent, rookie, on the waiver wire. Seriously. Whoever picked him up. Got a gem for sure. He's gonna and, and you know what? DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, Keelan Cole, they're not getting any reps because why? James Robinson is getting all the balls thrown to him. Gardner Minshew loves throwing to his running backs. And if you were a Leonard Fournette owner last year, you realized that, that he, Leonard Fournette was getting all his points based off of just the receptions. Hey, James Robinson. And just hope that Minshew, if you're a James Robinson owner, just hope Minshew doesn't get benched because there was – talk that Binchu could get benched. If he does get benched, you might lose, lose out on some of those, you know, re- uh, receptions that you're getting. But James Robinson looks, he looks real good. Yeah, and then we spoke about DJ Chark. We spoke about DJ Chark a couple of times on the show now. Yeah, he's just, just at this point. I think it was last week or two weeks ago we said, listen, if you have Chark, try and trade him because he doesn't look like he's going to yep. give you much production anymore. Yep. And again, he fails to prove it yesterday. I think one catch the whole game. Um, that's not what you expect from your yeah. wide receiver one, wide receiver two at that point. Definitely. Um, definitely, his floor has gotten a lot lower for sure. Um, and his ceiling has also gotten a lot lower. I haven't seen him really put much production on the field. And at that, at this point, it, it, I'm, I'm not really taking the chance on him anymore. Yep. I agree. Uh, same goes for me. I don't, I don't take a chance on DJ Chark. I try to trade him as soon as I can. Yeah, and then speaking of guys, you're probably not trading anytime soon. Um, Tyler Lockett and DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, what mm. a game that was yesterday night. What a game. What a game. What a game. for sure. No matter who you were rooting for, just a great game all around. Agreed. Um, DeAndre Hopkins looked great once again. Showed why he leads the league in receptions and, and yards so far. Um, and that was all mostly in the first half. He didn't really yeah. get any second-half production, any overtime. I think he had two or three catches. Um, but most of his production in the first half. And then Tyler Lockett just goes completely insane. Yeah, he was just – he was stealing everybody's fantasy points yesterday. Even when Metcalf did get a touchdown in overtime, they're like, no. Nah. <laughs> it's not Tyler Lockett, not a touchdown. <laughs> sure. Um, speaking of DK Metcalf, 
that run. Oh my god. That saved them, and I think you know what. If he doesn't do that, I think the Cardinals win this game by a lot. I more. agree. I agree. I think the I momentum agree. was on their side. Yeah, I agree. He, Russ, I mean, Russ looked good, but he was throwing some questionable balls. He threw three picks yesterday. I mean, that's And they crazy. were all like just floated, like just sitting yeah. for so long that like, it was like a fair catch at that point. Yeah, agreed, man. Uh, look, DK Metcalf yesterday, that, that tackle saved, um, saved them seven, seven points in essence. But if you look at the fact that DK Metcalf was pretty much a – well, Patrick Peterson was covering him, so you know what? I get that. I get that why he wasn't targeted as much. And Patrick Peterson was one of the picks that Russ did throw. Again, an overthrown ball by Russ. But DK Metcalf, man, I mean, that dude is a beast. Like, can you believe that? You know, you sent me that article. We didn't even get a chance to touch on it. But Nikhil Harry was drafted in that, in that same – I mean, so many receivers were drafted in that same class that all these people who didn't draft Nick, uh, DK Metcalf are probably like, man, wish we did now. Because that guy, he really could be a, a, a DeAndre Hopkins type guy for the rest of his career. Yeah, I think in dynasty formats, he's definitely a top five receiver right now. If yeah, you're I, dynasty right now, he's definitely a top five. I agree. And Tyler Lockett, man, listen, don't bench the guy. He's going to give you the seven points, eight points, but then he's going to go off for 40 and 50. He's done it. He does it every year. Yeah. Uh, speaking of guys you probably don't bench anymore, Chase Edmonds. Um, I can't like, bench him now. Yeah. Kenyon Drake going down. He looks like he moved from, from a flex to RB2 at this point. I mean, he's, he's just looking good. Um, as soon as Drake got off the field, he took over. And he went ham. He had a great day. That he needed. Um, what do you make of it? Kenyon Drake looked, uh, uh, looked really bad yesterday. I mean, word did come out. He's going to miss a couple of weeks. He's probably going to go on IR. Uh, it was a torn small ligament that they're treating as a high ankle sprain. Chase Edmonds always looked good. Now has the opportunity to take over. If you're a Kenyon Drake owner, hopefully you handcuffed him. I didn't, but I thought I was going to get rid of Kenyon Drake. That's why. Um, now nobody wants Kenyon Drake, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, man, sucks for Kenyon Drake. Love Kenyon Drake. But you know what? He didn't look good all season. He wasn't running the same. You can tell that the ankle was bothering him. And maybe now he should just rest it until he's back 100%. Yeah, he was one of my so high candidates last week. Um, if you sold him, congrats. Good for you, yeah. He didn't. Just uh, stick it out. Hopefully, comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then another injury. Chris Carson. Seems like every year. This every is year, this guy's hurt. He's hurt a couple games. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, he definitely always needs handcuff. Hundred percent. Freedom for sure. Hundred percent. Um, what do you make of it? He's out. He's out. What? Two or three weeks now. Yeah, two or three weeks. Funny enough, uh, Pete Carroll came out and said that Carlos Hyde, who ran really well yesterday, had has a tight hammy. So, waiver wire time, go get Travis Homer. I mean, go get Homer because... Um, also, DJ Dallas, right? And DJ Dallas, yeah. Go get those guys because, you know what? They might need him for a couple of weeks. So, I see Travis Homer and DJ Dallas being good waiver wire um, picks this week. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of waiver wire, we got some, uh, a couple other ones here. Spoke about a lot of them, uh, Chase Edmonds and, and Carlos Hyde and all that. Um, one guy was on Thursday night, Wayne Gallman. Devontae Freeman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He could definitely be the guy. Uh, great last year when, when, when Barkley went down. What's up? Uh, he said he was great last year when Barkley went down. Wayne Gallman was, was a good, good yeah, addition. Exactly. And it's going to probably be a committee between him and uh, Deion Lewis now. Yeah. So those are some great pickups. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, you touched on him a little bit. Yep. 
Uh, had that great catch. Any other ones you can think of? And Travis Homer, really. That's that's in DJ Dallas. Those are the guys you're probably going out to to get this week. Um, thin waiver wire, but good opportunity for some of these guys. You know, a lot of volume. So definitely go out there and and put put uh, put fat but fat bids on on those guys if you can. Yeah, and the last thing we got here is Monday Night Football. Another Monday, another great game. Uh, the Bears and the Rams. Probably going to be a great defensive one. It will be. Donald Ramsey, yeah. Lil Mac. Uh, great, great a uh, bunch of uh, defensive players. Do you have a miracle that you need today? I I already lost. Oh, I have I have I need twenty five points from Cooper Cup, and eleven points from the defense. And on the flip side, I need Allen Robinson to have less than twenty points. Possible, right? That's definitely. I think Allen Robinson definitely gets less than twenty with uh, Jalen Ramsey on him. We have two matchups that have this game. Like, <laughs> oh man. What a, last two Monday nights have been crazy for me. Yeah, I think it's going to be – even next Monday night is going to be, well, not a good one, but an interesting one um, for sure. What, uh, what is your call tonight? What, give me Quickly, give me your prediction. What's your – who wins? I'm going to go with the Rats. I'm going to say 2017. I go Bears 24-23. Oh, wow. Okay. I just, I just have a feeling. I just have a weird, weird feeling – Bears win 24-23, and I really think Cooper Cup gets 25 points. Two touchdowns for Cooper Cup today. I'm praying for you, man. Hopefully he does. Thanks, man. Thank you, man. All right, man. Um, That's it for today. Yep. Good luck tonight for all you guys who need a Monday miracle like me, and we'll see you on Friday, Thursday. Oh, Thursday, Friday. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll see you guys soon. <laughs>